0: Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 1055, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now, your hosts,
1: John and Rena. Welcome to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. I'm
2: John.
3: Hi, and I'm Rena.
2: Awesome. And today we have a special guest with us. So Casey, we bring on special guests to kind of showcase what it looks like to be making a a really big, deep, meaningful impact in the lives of other people. And today we have Phaedra Koenig
4: here.
3: Phaedra is known in pop culture as America's crisis coach. So welcome to the show, Phaedra.
4: Hey, guys. I am so excited to be here with you.
3: We're really excited. You know, I did the show by myself the last few weeks and I said this week's going to be like a party. John's going to be here. Phaedra's going to be here. We're just going to have a blast. We are. It's going to be a really great time. It's a trifecta of awesome.
4: That's
2: right. Where's the popcorn? That's right. (laughs)
3: Popcorn equals party. I love it. That's (laughs) right. Yeah, so we're going to be taking a look at the impact that you're having, Phaedra. I I love the work that you do. I love who you are. I think you're a delightful person, so I'm just very excited to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I wanted to start off by having you describe what you do as a crisis coach. What does that mean so that people can understand? Yeah, absolutely. So
4: essentially, I come alongside people who are going through the worst times of their lives. I like to say that sometimes life sucks. I make it suck less. So <laughs> I meet people right where they are. Some people are going through... Um, maybe a death or loss of a loved one, or maybe some people are going through a loss, like a job loss, or a divorce, or some type of unexpected life turn and I come alongside them and help them assess what's going on see what needs to happen in a very practical way mm-hmm. and then also along that journey we start to look at the psychology and what needs to change maybe long term to help right the ship get things back on track, and then move forward to the life that they really really want.
3: I like that I love the nature of just You know, literally walking beside somebody who's having a hard time. I know that one of the things that you do is you really provide affirmation because what they're going through is tough. Mm -hmm. And I heard you saying earlier that a lot of times people don't understand. They can't relate. It's like so off the charts difficult. And you're able to provide that affirmation for people.
4: Yeah, a lot of people feel when they're going through the worst time of their life that they're the only one because maybe they never knew or paid attention to the fact that this happens to other people. And to be honest, sometimes people go through things that are so big that there are very few people who have gone through it. And so they don't have anybody to look to as a role model. So on either side of that spectrum, I meet people where they are. We solve problems. A lot of people say I'm like the real live Olivia Pope that I fix things. (laughs) And, um, you know, help people get just back on track, grounded and ready to move forward.
3: I have to say I see a lot of value in having somebody you know walking alongside of me who's got a level head Mm -hmm. right they're not going through the crisis themselves and so I'm picturing you know if there was a death in the family to have somebody who's like hey we're gonna need to take care of this and this and this and this is what it takes and you know and to be there and support in such a practical way
4: yeah and one of the things that makes it work for me is that I have 23 years of direct service in the fields of mental health family court services and social work so I have I have degrees in psychology and I've worked with thousands of people and when you add that to the practical life experience that I've had it really is what you're talking about that we really tackle very unique situations and I just have a very level head when people are at their worst I'm at my best and I have a back in the day we called it a rolodex but I do have a rolodex of so many people that I can call on that if I don't know what to do I know people who do and so I call into that pool and that team and we all work together for the greater benefit of my client
3: I love that so you're coming with lots and lots of practical real world experience you've got education you've got resources to really support these people Mm -hmm.
4: yeah and I work with celebrities professional athletes corporations and people who are just walking in everyday life so I can meet literally any type of person in any type of circumstance
3: I mean, really, how many crisis coaches are there? Is there like a crisis coaching academy, federation group that you can even belong to? It seems pretty special or unique. It's very niche.
4: I do believe that there are other people out there who specialize in crisis. Mm -hmm. I call what I do bold crisis management (laughs) because I do it in a different sort of way. I'm very practical, no nonsense. A lot of coaching is the, the belief system that your client has everything that they need within themselves. And it's just your job to, E awaken that within them and let it come out I don't come at it from that I have a social work perspective Mm -hmm. when I was working in social work if I came to you and had to assess whether or not I needed to put your child into protective custody I didn't say to you I know you have everything inside you to figure this out to be a better parent and when you do let me know no I said do this 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 report back if you don't understand how to do this this and this I will connect you with people who will show you Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm doing now so it is different but Mm -hmm. But I do believe that there are people out there who do crisis management. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they call it crisis coaching.
3: Right. Yeah. No, I love what you do. And I know that you have a phenomenal story about how you came to do what you're doing now. So would you mind sharing your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. Stop me if it starts to go long because
4: it isn't always something we can put concisely. But essentially, I was known prior as America's divorce coach. My focus was really on helping men and women go through divorce with dignity. It was because I had been through divorce myself and also I worked in family courts and I understood the legal aspect, I understood the financial aspect and I really understood the emotional aspect. So I really love to walk alongside men and women going through that. Then, um, back in those days, I was single. I was actually a single mom for a really long time. And in 2008, I kind of opened up my mind to the thought that I might enjoy dating. Um, When I started to date, I met a a wonderful guy back in 2008. And this was back when the housing market was changing and Mm -hmm. the climate was really changing financially and California, especially, was really struggling, but also the nation. Um, So we were... um, dating and unbeknownst to me he was going through some really tough times legally and to make a long story short as he was navigating those waters we were really growing and bonding together and ultimately we decided to make a commitment to be together but that was not without problem because his issues were growing and he was um, facing some really dire straits legally and he went through that process it did not go the way that he had hoped Um, he fought for six years trying to clear his name and prevent anything bad from happening. Ultimately, he was unable to do that, and he was um, put through an indictment, a trial, and ultimately a conviction, and he was sent to prison for 43 years. So essentially, um, along the way, I, we got married, and I became a widow without the death. And when I went through that experience and when he was sentenced, it really imploded for me. And socially, I became an outcast and I had to deal with the magnitude of what was going on. Not knowing for sure what was right from wrong, not knowing sure up from down, and not knowing anybody who had been through anything like that before. So when that happened to me, I um, really came to my own end and I had to really understand what was happening to me and how I was gonna move forward. Ultimately, I will say I was able to do that, and because of that, I developed really unique skill sets because this was a national scandal that we had gone through, and that really elevated my ability to help people, and I realized that I could widen my niche from divorce to all forms of crisis, and that's where America's Crisis Coach was born.
3: I love that. That's such an amazing story, Phaedra, and that you understand what it's like to go through that kind of level of crisis so you have empathy and it's something that my coach often reminds me of when I go through my struggles and and growth and she's like it's perfect because now you can help other people navigate that same thing because you've been through it yourself absolutely it is my secret
4: sauce and it's the thing that I thought might be my end and it became actually my springboard into where I am today
3: And I think that's really powerful because people are going through difficult experiences all the time. And in a way, it's a choice and a whole series of choices and commitment to utilize it for good instead of letting it be something that takes you out of the game. So there's a lot of people listening who have been through difficulty, maybe going through difficulty. And I love it because you're giving them hope on how they can turn it around and use it for good
4: yeah and I'm so excited to talk about that with you today because here's what I know my experience is everybody's hiding something and to the degree that they're keeping it hidden it's keeping them from everything that they say that they want in life
3: that's fascinating we need to go to a break and I'm so excited to hear more about that you all are listening to the impact hour with John and Rena stay tuned for more
1: You're making an impact, but you want to expand your reach. Are you too busy? Do you wonder if you were meant for more? Join the hosts of The Impact Hour for Life Impact Academy 101. It's an online seminar Saturday, October 22nd from 9 a.m. to noon. Register at TheImpactHour.com and use promo code MONEY1055 to get $25 off. You'll learn how to have a sense of clear purpose and greater effectiveness. Join John and Rena from The Impact Hour for Life Academy 101, Saturday, October 22nd, 9 a.m. to noon. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 1055.
2: Welcome back. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena. We have our special guest today, Phaedra Koenig, who is America's crisis coach.
3: Hey, guys. Hey, thank you so much again for joining us. I'm just I'm having a blast here. And what was that last point you just ended on because it was like it was just about to start and we went to break. So go no, ahead and I love pick it. it up.
4: Yeah, what I was saying is that in my line of work and working with so many people, even before my national scandal and having to rise above that, what I noticed over time and really solidified for me as America's crisis coach is that literally everybody's hiding something. And to the extent that they're hiding it, it is the thing that's keeping them from what they say that they want and having it come into their life and you know they could be hiding something huge like alcoholism a porn addiction or maybe infidelity or some form of shame based thing Mm -hmm. or maybe they're just hiding something small like an insecurity but because they're not being honest and open with themselves and then honest and open with people who can make a difference it literally is the thing that's keeping them from what they want because they won't really pull the trigger they won't really take the final action because they believe in their head yeah but or if they only Mm new or if I get found out.
3: That's intense. That'll definitely hold people back. And I know there's, it's almost a fine line. It's its kind of an interesting dance between acknowledging publicly struggles. You know, there's that, there's there's going out to get help. But if there's a perma- profound amount of self-judgment, it's just not going to happen.
4: Yeah. And what's interesting about being a crisis coach is I'm already predispositioned for people to tell me their worst scenarios. If you're a business coach, I'm going to come and talk to you about my goals, my hopes, my dreams. And I might talk about maybe where I'm struggling Um, but I'm really not going to tell you about my deep dark secrets you're going to tell that to your priest to your therapist and to your crisis coach and I have this unique ability to take that very valuable and precious information and 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 caress it in a way where you get to look at it through a completely different lens and build up some confidence to actually do something about it, not just sit in commisery of it or believe that it, it will never change. And, and that's where the label of crisis coaching I think is a
3: benefit for people. I love that. Did you have a question for Phaedra, John? We could talk all day, so I wanted to give you (laughs) an opportunity.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we we have this impact ruler we've shared on the show before uh, with all of you, our listeners. Uh, If you've not heard it before in the impact ruler, it's a way of measuring your impact. And we actually go as bold as to say it's a way to measure your whole life. At the lowest level is changing a person's mood. That's a pretty light level of impact. It's temporary. That next level up is changing a person's circumstances temporarily. And then up from there is changing a person's circumstances permanently. Then from up there, it's changing a person's behavior temporarily. Number five on the impact ruler is changing the behavior permanently. And you've heard the saying, you know, it's uh, if you give a person a fish, you fed them for a day. But if you teach them to fish, you fed them for a lifetime. And that's kind of these levels in the impact ruler kind of correlate to that. But at level six, we have changed the person. That's where we're changing the person's mindsets, um, changing the way they believe uh, about other people and themselves and about the way the world works, changing the way they show up, uh, changing, you know, maybe a person might be like a wallflower, and then changing them to have confidence in themselves and believe in themselves. And then at level seven, we have changed the person's eternity. So that's our impact ruler. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you're changing people's lives through your coaching?
4: Mm, I love this ruler. I love how you explained it. And I love seeing how that connects with what I do. One of the things that I've noticed is people meet me somewhere along the grief and loss cycle, and it has five stages. So there's shock and disbelief, there's bargaining, there's anger, there's depression, and there's acceptance. And people don't know that it's not just about somebody dying. Anytime we have a setback in life, we go through a grief and loss cycle. And some people linger in one of those five steps, some people rapidly cycle through, but the truth is we all go through it. And when I meet people, they're somewhere on that spectrum and depending where they are, um, I just meet them right then and there. And what I've noticed time and time again is that people really just want to be heard. We all just want to know that we have an impact. Sometimes we don't know that our impact is poor, and that's why it's so important (laughs) what you guys are doing. Um, But we all really have the goal to be heard and to be understood and to be of value. And the way that I work with changing a person and really making an impact is doing that listening and thoroughly understanding where it is, the perceptions, the behaviors, the notions that that person is living in, and validating it and not judging it. Whether it's right or it's wrong. And then just putting a magnifying glass over the different elements and helping people say, is this serving you well or is this not? And my impact, my greatest impact, isn't solving problems, but that's, you know, immediate, right? That's just solving a problem that's temporary. Mm -hmm. But by building the relationship, and there's something that bonds you when you're working with people in their darkest hours, they have a gratitude towards you, and there's a bond between the two of you that's pretty much unbreakable. And because of that sense of trust, that no like, and trust factor, mm-hmm. I have the unique ability to maybe call something out in somebody that perhaps nobody else would have gotten away with. And I have a way of doing it in such a loving way that you actually thank me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's hard
4: to hear, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for telling me that in such a way that I don't feel demoralized, right? Yeah. And I think my impact comes from helping people see how they're showing up in the world, how they're managing crisis or not managing crisis, and what they can do about that. And when they come out the other side, we call it coming through the fire. Once they've come through the fire, they realize they're still intact, and they're actually better for it. And it helps them make their mess a message. And I think that when I've made my biggest impact, that's how they feel.
3: So... You're really changing their perspective on this crisis that they're going through. It could be, you know, we even said earlier, something that that takes a person out. And really they're seeing it as something that's ultimately beneficial for them because something good can come out of it. It's not even that they see it as beneficial. They see that they have the choice. Nice. They
4: see that they get to decide. Everything in life just is until you attach a meaning to it. Amen. Some people are going to attach that, you know, God doesn't love you and therefore bad things happen. Or some people will say God has a purpose for all things. You get to choose. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, no matter what happens to you, you still get to be in the driver's seat.
3: I love that because, you know, we go through life and we're attaching meaning to things, and we can make it mean something that's really bad for us, or we can make it mean something that's beneficial for us. So I've heard in in social work, uh, crisis, helping people to navigate a crisis well is super valuable because in the future they will be able to navigate crises better and you're like shining a light on it and I can see how it's helping with their mindsets their ability to assess what meaning they're attaching to things and they can choose into a meaning that's more helpful for them moving forward
4: hmm
3: I love that we yeah. talked about that all last week had a whole show on what we make things mean So good mm-hmm. stuff
2: yeah that's powerful a lot of us will have a, a cruddy experience go through a crisis come out the other end and just bury it and it's like, well, I don't even want to look at it anymore. Right. And I could see it really very valuable and being able to shed a light on it and, and examine it and see how we're showing up and then be able to make a, a clear choice about that and not just being running from it all the time.
4: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Awesome.
2: So what's your favorite part about doing crisis coaching?
3: Mm.
4: My favorite part is knowing from the moment we speak, like even before I work with the client, I know it's going to be okay. I know it and I get to loan out my courage until they have their own again because there's nothing that anyone has ever gone through that you literally can't do something with. Not that it's not, I can't guarantee you that a diagnosis isn't, is going to be reversed. I can't guarantee you that it isn't going to end the way you don't want it to, but I can guarantee you that you're not going to be alone. Mm -hmm. ever that you're going to have every resource that is known to man (laughs) that I can create or find access to and that ultimately um, it's going to be okay.
3: I love that. I know there's been times in my life I wish I had someone to loan me out their courage and their trust that everything was going to work out. That's really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know that you like to do public speaking. That's, in fact, how we met was through some local public speaking organizations. And what kind of groups do you love to speak to? Mm, I... I actually love all groups because
4: what I know is that the full range of human emotion is universal. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things is to be a guest on a show or to be asked to speak and to be able to walk that out for people. So if you're a civic organization, I can apply what I do and relate stories to you in a way that will make perfect sense for you. Um, if you're a professional organization, maybe a hospital, volunteers, things like that, I can come in and come from a teamwork perspective, but still be able to show how crisis intervention or crisis prevention is such a valuable part. I really love to work with high achievers. I love to work with entrepreneurs, as I said. I love closing the gap between our on-duty and our off-duty life. That is, again, the people who are off-duty hiding something and on-duty <laughs> showing, trying to show up powerfully, and they're living this dual life. I love coming in and closing that gap for people. There's so- just a quick
3: question would that include people like in you know maybe more high profile who are really wanting to maintain an image i mean as including, you know, everyday people, but is that something you can help with for them to have more congruency then?
4: Yes, absolutely. Oftentimes I'm a PR firm secret weapon because <laughs> something has happened and they need someone to come in and say, what is the way to damage control this? And I usually take the counterpoint to society. So I, one of my platforms is I hate social vigilantism, um, social media justice, as I
3: call it. I, I, I I'm really fighting against that. And T- so- tell us a little more about what that is. Cause my, Mine's filling in the blank, but I want to know okay. what you're thinking. So
4: social media justice is when we see, like, Kaepernick took a knee.
3: Right.
4: And there were different factions, and it just snowballs, right? Right. Or there was a time a couple months ago where a Playboy bunny had posted a picture of a woman at a gym, and it was inappropriate, what she did, but the social justice turn on that was just... Vigilante. I mean, off with her head. Like so, people should... are doling out punishment Correct. via social media. For yes, sure. wow. yes. And so I have a real uh, issue with that. And so when people come to me with it, what they think is their PR tactic that they should use, I often have a counter, a counter tactic for that. Um, and that's where that bold sense of crisis management comes in because it's not always what you would expect. So I do. I love to work with high profile people who are facing maybe um this belief that all hope is lost that nobody cares or or everything's ruined Mm
3: -hmm. i tried not got get too political on the show but i wonder if you could help trump you know with the whole video (laughs) that released
4: Uh, yeah he he's definitely of concern on multiple (laughs) levels i mean i don't (laughs) think that either side is doing a great job unfortunately but he he is really he is really creating some alarm that is almost irreparable
3: well and i think that your outside perspective on things is really so valuable to people because i can totally understand being caught up in the emotion i would be you know going through any crisis so you just having that level-headed somebody who knows what's going on you know and Mm -hmm. that perspective would just be so valuable yes i agree awesome awesome we're going to go to a break in just a minute here and want you all to stay tuned for more we're going to be talking to phaedra a little bit more she is doing some fascinating work with some of the propositions coming up and i'm really excited for you all to hear about that so stay tuned you're listening to the impact hour with john and rena
0: Medical and VA rules are changing. Get informed and learn from elder law attorney Justin Gilbert as he discusses the issues facing older adults struggling to find answers about how to deal with protecting their family from the cost of long-term care. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. on Money 105.5. Learn more about actions you need to take to protect your assets and your loved ones from legal hassles that can arise from not planning ahead. Legacy Planning Radio every Tuesday with attorney Justin Gilbert. Tune in and stay involved informed terry knight here please join me from 11 to noon on saturdays it's the home show with news tips and commentary focused on home improvement real estate and lifestyle after 30 years of radio and tv in the capital region i found a home join me on the home show saturdays 11 to noon on your radio home money 105.5 this is Donald Kendrick, conductor of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra, inviting you to celebrate our 21st season at our stained glass performance in Fremont Presbyterian Church on Saturday, October the 22nd at 8 p.m. The concert will showcase Pergolesi's Magnificat and powerful contemporary American, Norwegian and English works featuring organist Ryan Enright, the SCSO String Quartet and four outstanding soloists. Please join us at the SCSO's stained glass opening performance of our 21st season in Fremont Presbyterian Church. Tickets are $40 reserved and $30 general with a 50% discount for students and are available online at sacramentalchoral.com or by calling the SCSO at 916-536-9065.
2: That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't
0: shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-423-4557. That's 1-800-423-4557. 1-800-423-4557. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors not available in all states. You're making an impact, but you want to expand
1: your reach. Are you too busy? Do you wonder if you were meant for more? Join the hosts of the Impact Hour for Life Impact Academy 101. It's an online seminar Saturday, October 22nd from 9 a.m. to noon. Register at theimpacthour.com and use promo code MONEY1055 to get $25 off. You'll learn how to have a sense of clear purpose and greater effectiveness. Join John and Rena from the Impact Hour for Life Academy 101, Saturday, October 22nd, 9 a.m. to noon. Live with passion, make a
0: difference, and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5.
3: With John and Rena, we are joined by Phaedra Koenig today, America's crisis coach, and she is going to be telling us about some amazing work that she's doing with the propositions here in California regarding the death penalty. So we're up for a very interesting discussion, and we wanted to include you in on that discussion. You are welcome to call into the studio if you are listening live. The number is 866 576 1055. That's 866-576-1055. Feel free to call in and join the conversation. So Phaedra, tell us about what you're doing with what propositions?
4: So my primary work is with Prop 62, and we are all about yes on Proposition 62. That is the proposition on the ballot to end the death penalty in the state of California. It's archaic, we haven't actually had an execution in well over 15 years, thankfully. And the main reason that I'm so passionate about this is that I am actually um, working with over 20 20 of the 156 exonerated death row inmates from the nation wow those numbers I'm sorry
3: to interrupt but that's a lot more than I realized I I remember at one point I heard you say 17 so but there's 20 out of how many people so I've personally met and traveled all over California with 20 over
4: of 156 men and women who have been exonerated from the death row Um, and and what that means and why that's so important is that these were innocent people completely innocent who were exonerated and many of them it took decades for it to happen and not only that we have proposition 66 on the ballot which is to speed up the death penalty process if proposition 66 had been in effect for these 156 people that we know about right these are only the people that we know and have been able to have the exonerations. Right. If Proposition 66 had been effect, these people would not be here because the process would have been sped up and they would have not had the ability to prove their innocence. And it's such an impact when you hear their stories, you meet them in person, you hear what happened to them going from being just like you and I, doing all the right things, to having an accusation, to having an indictment, to having a trial, to having a conviction, and to having a sentence and being put on death row and everything that that entails. And so I'm so passionate about that because I can't imagine any other business or any other rule where we could kill some, kill people
3: 156 times who didn't deserve it and still have it be legal. It's. I, I've just been in awe since I've been since the, I first heard about the work you're doing. Just the tripping out on what would it be like to have been convicted of something I didn't do, to live with. The expectation of impending death. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't imagine what that would do to a person. And I know that you as a crisis coach would understand that better than most folks. So these people have gone through that. They've been exonerated. That means they were found to not be guilty. And, and what do they do? They just like set them loose? Well, that's the thing is every state is different. And again, most of these
4: people that I've met were literally on death row anywhere from 10 to up to 29 years. Wow. 29 years. And I know from my experience with my husband, you know, my platform, if you follow me and you know me, I'm very transparent about the fact that I believe my husband is innocent. So I just put that right out there. So. In doing that, I believe we're working under a wrongful conviction, and here I have all these colleagues now, all these people who have been through this experience, and not only their experience, but their family's experience. And once that label hits you of convicted, it, again, with that social vigilantism, it seems to empower people to turn on not only you, but your entire family, which is what happened to me personally. So yes, I am uniquely qualified. And as you said, what happens to these people, it depends on the state, most of the people who have been exonerated. It was because of um, either corruption in the um, attorneys, corruption in the prosecutors, corruption in the police officers, mishandling of justice. Sometimes it was because of eyewitness tampering and things like that. So every story is so unique. And having been through this situation, I've been with my husband, it's very difficult to believe that our government isn't what we perceive it to be that it's justice for all that's not necessarily the case and this is what we see so every state's different some people are compensated some people are just let out with not even so much as i'm sorry as a matter of fact typically what happens is they will not admit that you were wrongfully Mm. convicted and they will not admit that you're innocent they will just say that evidence proves otherwise oh. and they literally will have you sign a document and of course you're just so grateful just to be out, out. you I won't <laughs> sue you I won't do anything oh yeah and then there so there are people who have actually been compensated well but then I know people who are
3: actually living hand to mouth. Now, I know you. You're willing to go there. Yes. Because I I, I got to be on Phaedra's podcast, and we'll give you an opportunity to share about the podcast. And I remember you saying, oh, yeah, you're not sure if we'll go there. (laughs) So I remember when when I was first getting to know you and hearing your story about your husband being convicted of something, and you believe he's innocent. And my mind just couldn't seem to accept that so my mind automatically went and I'm bringing this up because I've got listeners and they're I'm wondering if they're experiencing the same thing when you were sharing the story of the being. it's like well oh well he must have done something wrong so you believe he said it well he surely he must have done something because there's got to have been evidence and i remember i shared that with you and you're like yeah you know go ahead and tell your experience about what that was like going through that process and how it changed your view of the justice system
4: yeah it was incredibly hard because when you're prepping when you're when you're trying to defend yourself before there's even a trial and they're just throwing offers at you and just trying to make you say yes to something to make it go away because what they're looking for is their Hash mark or there, you know, because a lot of people are trying to make their own careers, right? Or in our time, it was an election time. It was when our governor was going from attorney general trying to win an election in a time where white collar crime was the rage. Bernie Madoff was very well in the news. So why don't we put a focus on people doing, you know, criminal business activity? And when you're trying to um, prove your innocence, you feel like you're in the twilight zone it's like you're being told the sky is black but you know the sky is blue and for me it was incredible because we would have experiences where we would hear well we know we've probably indicted the wrong guy but we're throwing it at the wall and we're gonna see what sticks and it isn't about what you can prove it's about what you can convince a jury to believe and so it's very disruptive of your own psyche because you believe that right always prevails and if you're a christian you believe god's going to save the day or you believe that you know it's going to be this miraculous thing and as a christian woman i have to tell you that i'm learning what long suffering means Mm. but i'm also learning what it means for better for worse for richer for poor in sickness and in health and i'm very committed um and You know, we can go into any detail that you want, but the bottom line is I've seen enough from myself and heard enough from our defense and read enough of the prosecution and how they were so shady that I'm very convinced of his innocence. And I know that if you Google, you're not going to see what was truthfully even the indictment or the charges. You're going to see a sensationalized media blitz with words that they use that again, create that social vigilantism, which is what you're saying is that when you hear it, and you think, well, he has to be guilty. Like p- innocent people don't get prosecuted. But
3: there's this cognitive dissonance. It's as though there's a part of me that can't stand it. But you know why? Why? Because you want to believe it can't happen to you. Oh, thank Yeah, absolutely. And as long as you tell yourself that, as yeah. long as you tell yourself that you're safe. Uh huh. And, and that's what you've learned. I've heard you say we're all one accusation away. That's right.
4: That's what I know. We are all one accusation away. What's interesting about touring with um, the people over California is that people expect to hear, well, yes, minorities are um, you know, wrongfully um, accused and given death sentences, or poor people are wrongfully accused. But that way I, it's not
3: me. It's right, right, right? right, it's
4: us and them. But I represent affluent white Caucasian, female, you know, it can happen to anybody because we had plenty of money and we had great lawyers. And when we were trying to use those lawyers, they just took them away. They froze our assets, they took our money and gave him a public defender. So it doesn't mean you can't have enough influence, money, or whatever. It doesn't guarantee you anything. And we are all one accusation away. And that, I have to tell you, the benefit of that is the humility. Not humility in a bad way. The humbleness that comes from knowing that there but for the grace of God go I. Mm -hmm. So I look at all of us as a
3: collective. I don't see myself as us and them anymore. I see so clearly how the work that you're doing with the propositions is so in alignment with your passion that came from your experience around your husband's you know, having to go to prison Mm -hmm. and that whole thing. Can you just just draw it and make it real succinct? Why are you doing what you're doing with the propositions? The truth is
4: it gives me a place to focus
3: my anger and my
4: (laughs) my Ah. passion, it really does, because Mm -hmm. I felt since Jim's been gone almost four years now, I felt like um, isolated, I felt like I have no place to put this. Mm -hmm. And when this came into my world, number one, I was able to talk to people who understood at a much higher level. My husband's not on death row but they understand and they embrace me and and they get it and i love the fact that i am making a difference when we get a yes on 62 and a no on 66 i feel in some way that i've made an impact in the what's happened to me even though my story is not over i'm not going to say it's worth it I,
3: I i'm not at that place yet but it certainly is better than it was that's awesome i love that it's just so powerful and I love bringing it out, just calling it out for our listeners to hear that when they're really clear on what they're passionate about, see, you're already clear on your passion, you're already making a difference in your crisis coaching, and this opportunity came along basically right and i love that you were able to recognize yes this is in alignment with who i am what i'm seeking to accomplish in the world and jump on it and i love encouraging people to know themselves well enough to know their passions so that they can have that congruence you know with what they really value and what they're really doing in the world they can recognize those opportunities when they come up so very very powerful Awesome. Well, we're about to go to a break. I feel like we could talk all day long and then the hour's just flying by here. So I would love for you all to stay tuned. You still have an opportunity to call in if you want to talk to Fader about what she's doing with the propositions. The number is 866-576-1055. Stay tuned for more on the Impact Hour.
1: You're making an impact, but you want to expand your reach. Are you too busy? Do you wonder if you were meant for more? Join the hosts of The Impact Hour for Life Impact Academy 101. It's an online seminar Saturday, October 22nd from 9 a.m. to noon. Register at TheImpactHour.com and use promo code MONEY1055 to get $25 off. You'll learn how to have a sense of clear purpose and greater effectiveness. Join John and Rena from The Impact Hour for Life Academy 101, Saturday, October 22nd, 9 a.m. To noon. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. More fun than visiting the in-laws.
2: Welcome back to the Impact Hour. We have our special guest, Phaedra Koenig, with us today. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about the propositions and uh, her work uh, around that, around, uh, what, what do you call that? Just uh, advocating and,
3: uh, yeah, What's what exactly is your role? What are you accomplishing with the
4: um, propositions? So I'm the California field organizer. So my job is to be the hands and feet on the ground, helping people get the word out, uh, getting um, – Witness to Innocence has this, is the Speakers Bureau that provides the people who have been exonerated. I help coordinate them to be at events where they can share this message because nothing's more impactful until you meet somebody who's actually been there. Um, so my role is to make that happen throughout California between now and the election. I've met some amazing people. I get to meet Sir Richard Branson. I mean, we've done amazing things. So that is my role, is to be out there and to be seen and to help under people understand the importance of voting yes on Prop Position 62, which is to um, end the death penalty.
3: That's awesome. So you're helping, are you coordinating events? Or are you doing media opportunities? Yes, we've done,
4: we did a press conference in front of San Quentin with Suja Graham, who was one of two exonerated death row inmates from California. Um, we had a we participated in a big fundraiser in San Francisco, as I said, with a lot of celebrities. Um, we've been to L.A. I'll be down for the third time um, this coming weekend. And we go to um, any event that we can. Homeboy Industries is having a great 5K run. Um, we had a major press conference there um, a month ago. And Mike Farrell is really, I don't know if you remember him, but he was B.J. Honeycutt from Oh yes, he is leading the way in this fight he's been fighting this for 25 years all over but really concentrating California and um, you asked like what that um, kind of genre is it's really a social justice issue um, people who are about human trafficking or about clean water you know my, my people we're about exonerating and, and, and having the opportunity for people to be exonerated and to end the de- uh, death penalty um, which we not we know obviously is horrible but it's also horrible for employees who have to carry out that act. I mean, we can come at it from many, many different levels. Um, but yes, so we're all about getting that message out.
3: That's awesome. Is there a place where people can go to hear stories of people who were on death row and were found to be innocent?
4: There's lots of places you can go. You can go to Yes on 62 and you're going to get okay. ge- great general information about the Proposition to um, the proposition 62. Um, but also, witness is a great Location to see bios on many of the speakers. There's also a documentary that is called The Exonerated. It's uh, available on Amazon Prime for free. It might be on Netflix as well. I it's love a, documentaries. Yes, that's me awesome. too. Um, it's a wonderful, it's actually played by actors. Many of them you will know. Susan Sarandon is one of them. But is, it is as if they are the exonerated person and they're powerful stories of men, actually people I've met who um, had been exonerated. So that's another way. Um, yeah, there's lots of ways to to find out more about these
3: stories. That's awesome and you just shared a bunch of resources and I just wanted to mention if you're listening live and you weren't able to write those down, we will post the show recording to theimpacthour.com and you can go back and, and get some of those resources so that you didn't miss out there. A lot of really great stuff.
2: So what life lessons have you learned?
3: Oh, my
4: gosh. I th- I can honestly say the biggest life, sl- life lesson that I've learned is humble, being humble and understanding that everybody has a story worth listening to. And even the darkest, most crusty person, if you really spend some time and peel back some of that crust, you're going to find that there is a reason. Maybe they didn't have the right to act the way that they're acting, but they definitely had their reason. And I've learned to meet people right where they are. And when I was a social worker, I thought I was really good at that. But what I recognize is I was really good at plugging into work and then plugging into home and not really seeing the two overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, where nowadays I'm much, much more able and willing to accept that every single one of us really are on the same, same playing field.
2: Awesome.
3: Yeah, I like that a lot, the compassion there. Mm-hmm. That's something that, that I, I bring up for people, for awareness, that we can all develop more compassion and to be able to look at somebody who is at least crusty, <laughs> that's a very interesting image to think about, but you know, we've all got our own funkiness, some more than others, and to be able to look underneath that, to know that there is a genuine reason why that person is being that way, and to have some compassion for that. It's powerful in how we're going to be treating that person, but it's also powerful for our own experience of the person.
4: Absolutely. One of my favorite things to help people come to a place where they can humanize all people in all situations and once they're able to do that they're able to really go to that place of forgiveness which is something you and i have talked about on air and off air and really that's that life-changing secret sauce that people talk about but few people really truly understand until they get
3: to that place life-changing i like that give it a try try some more compassion see what it does for your life That's awesome.
2: So you have your own podcast. Why don't you tell us about your podcast?
4: I do. I have a podcast that's available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. You can also get it on uh, Google Play, and you can get it straight from my website at accpodcast.com. We release a new episode every Monday. My story is called Coming Out of the Fire, and I um, interview people who have been through tremendous adversity, people who have been in plane crashes, perhaps they've had a family member murdered, um, all different types of crazy situation, each and every one of those people has come through the fire and they've mastered their disaster, and they're there to show people that the full range of human emotion is the same. Maybe your story is gonna be different than somebody else's, but how you feel in that story is universal. and. Through that, you can relate to one another, but more importantly, I do it because I want people to know that they are not alone, and they're going to have access people to people who have been through it, and they can start to emulate what they've been doing, and the really the bottom line is this. There's no, uh, what I call, crisis Kool-Aid. No amount of money, <laughs> no amount of connection is going to get you through a
3: crisis faster. It's very small, simple things. That's neat, so it's called Coming Out of the Fire. Yes. And it's available, I get it on iTunes. Yes. So I know you can get it at most of the the major podcast services. Recommend that highly. Thank you. So let me share
2: again how do people get access to that?
4: So if you you are an iTunes user, all you need to do is in the SEO, Coming Out of the Fire, pretty much on any podcast player, just Coming Out of the Fire. If you don't have that type of automation, you can go to the website, accpodcast.com.
3: There we go. That's awesome. So you have a resource for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Whenever I am on radio
4: or I am doing an interview, I tell people about my secret giveaway. It's called crisiscrusher.com.
3: I love that URL. Good job. Crisiscrusher.com. That's right.
4: (laughs) And the great thing about that is a lot of people hear me on the air, but they don't see me. This gives you some video. It gives you some audio and some downloads that you can use to prepare yourself for a crisis. So if you're in crisis right now, this is going to really help you kind of take a deep breath, understand the grief and loss cycle, understand the hero's journey, which is a wonderful way to get through an experience and actually just kind of help you take a deep breath. It's a great way to work alone until you're ready to work together.
3: That's great, thank you for sharing that for our listeners. I Mm -hmm. love the idea of being more prepared for crisis because it's likely to come at some point.
4: And even if you aren't in crisis now, chances are someone you know is, and you're gonna develop some tools that are gonna benefit them, and guess what? It's just kind of a matter of
3: time, Mm -hmm. and you're gonna actually be very well prepared, and it won't hit you quite as hard. That's great really succinctly, do you have a message for our listeners on making an impact?
4: Yes, I think the sooner that you get real and honest with yourself and with a trusted uh, counselor or a trusted coach or a trusted advisor about what it is that you're hiding, the sooner that you're gonna come to terms that that is actually gonna be your platform to actually show people how to be the best that they can be. And that's gonna create an impact that only you can provide.
3: I love that, the thing that you're hiding, that can be your platform. Awesome.
2: Yep, that is awesome. So Phaedra's making a difference in an area she's very passionate about. It's an example of using our passions, using our life experience to make a very deep, meaningful impact on the world. And you can do that too. It really is, uh, a part of it is just discovering what it is for you, what it is you're passionate about. And a big part of it also is growing as a person. So we find from our own experience, just trying to go out and do this on our own usually is a very slow experience, and progress seems uh, sometimes to stop, stand still, or just go very slow, and sometimes you even want to quit. But getting support from other folks and getting in a community of people who are doing uh, similar things of like mind is very helpful. So if you want to make a difference in an area that you're passionate about, if you want to find your calling and to live a legacy, Come check out our introductory event, Life Impact Academy 101, subtitled Shift. There are two dates for that. October 22nd is on the computer. It's actually very interesting. A lot of people think, oh, I want something more personal, so I'll be in, I want to come to the in person one. But we find having the computer, a camera right there on everybody is very personal and sometimes it feels like you're having a one-on-one conversation with us even though there's a group.
3: Now we keep these events really small. We keep them intimate on purpose, but we have found that the online ones are just as powerful as the in-person. So yeah. that's Saturday, October 22nd. Saturday,
2: October 22nd from noon to 3. Um, you can go to theimpacthour.com and uh, you can you can see a list of events on the right-hand side and click on the one that you want. Uh, The cost is $75. If you use money1055 as a promo code, you can get $25 off. The other event after that one is November 4th. That one is in person in Roseville.
3: Awesome, we love those events. We love supporting people in making a difference and that's really a way for people to get started on that journey. And that's the whole reason we do this radio show is we wanna support people in making a difference that they're passionate about, just like you're doing, Phaedra. We love to encourage people to do that and support them in doing that. So if you would, if you missed any part of the show or would like to listen to previous shows, you can go to theimpacthour.com And we have show recordings. It's also available as a podcast because we wouldn't want you to miss anything. So next week, we're very excited about our show. We're always excited. We love doing this. (laughs) (laughs) The topic is going to be being the very best version of yourself for the highest good of other people. So tune in. Thank you for joining us on the Impact Hour.